What up? We are live. This is Ask Akira. It is... Well, it's a day. It's a day on this planet in this glorious year of our Lord, 2018 AD. Peak of human civilization. Thus far recorded that we know about. There might have been civilizations before who came and went and blew themselves up. We have not done that yet. We're here. It's a beautiful day to be alive. Shouts out to everybody locked in. We're broadcasting live on YouTube. I also switched on Instagram as a test. Hi, Instagram. What up? You don't get the crazy sound effects they get on YouTube, but you are here. What up, Instagram people? Jeffrey Hazard says, your shit is so fire, bro. Big fan. Yo, appreciate you, Jeffrey Hazard. What up, YouTube hero Alex, holding it down, moderating the Discord. If you're not on the Discord, join the Discord. It's great. We have lovely mods like YouTube Hero Alex. Shouts out to Peppers. He's, he's got the questions for me this week. Thank you very much. That helps keep this thing smooth. What up, Sheila Ferriara? Says, hi ho, the Don. What up, Willington Longman? Says, yo, thoroughly enjoyed the McKenna wave the other day. Thank you. Yeah. Some, some of you might have missed that. I dropped a full album with Terrence McKenna last week. It feels like a long, long time ago. And, um, yeah, people seem to be enjoying that. I keep getting messages, especially on Instagram. I don't know why. Instagram keeps sending me messages saying that they're, they're taking psychedelics and listening to my music. I literally get in one of these messages every day at the moment. It's amazing. Someone hit me up earlier and said that they were tripping and they were about to, like, freak out. And then they put on JBP Wave and that saved them. So, big up you. I'm glad I could help. Uh, shabba, shabba, shabba. Oh. Before we go a little further, people are complaining on YouTube that the video is a tad choppy. Maybe it's because I'm streaming on Instagram at the same time. Who knows? Let me know how that goes. I might have to switch one of them off. We shall see. Anyway, uh, big up, everybody. It's a big week over here in Meaning Wave Towers. We already dropped Adventure Wave, the Adventure Time Wave project 30 what was it 34 minutes of adventure waviness and uh that was done in collaboration with you guys i decided to do this on what tuesday <laughs> i was like shit i only had like singles scheduled for this week and i was like i need something longer for my people i need they need something longer they can enjoy it's not fair to keep giving them these short things so i was like what can i do i was like ooh, this adventure time project i've kind of wanted to do for a while and i hit up I hit up the gang, I, I put out the, the Don symbol on Discord. I said, yo guys, hit me up with some clips. I left a message on the community tab on my YouTube. I said, yo guys, hit me your favorite Adventure Time clips. And uh, between what you guys suggested and what I did, I think it was about a 50-50 split, which is a beautiful thing. I don't think it came out great, I really like it. Uh, I produced quite a bit of it, so I think I'm gonna do an EP on Spotify. I think so, anyway of like the me produced bits of that. Let me know how you feel about that sort of thing. Uh, shouts out everybody locked in. Pros colored glasses says audio is clear. Okay, good. Blunt trauma says love you Don. Should talk about flow states today if you're it. If I'm it, I'm definitely it. 
Combo. Cat J said, Adventure Wave blew my chops off. Good. Thank you. I'm glad. Pros Colored Glasses wants more Weights Wave. Me too. I definitely want more Weights Wave. Landbot wants a Vandalay Wave. And uh, Joe, Cody J wants a Duncan Trussell Wave. What up? Bluetron5 on Instagram says, You are not the wave. Don't fall off. You are right. You are correct. And if you've been paying attention, if you follow me on Instagram, you see my Instagram stories. And my Instagram stories are where I tend to share uh, behind the scenes creation type stuff. And uh, yeah, so you'll have seen me working on the JBP Wave album, which I'm working on right now. And uh, yeah, one of, one of the tracks from that, which I might, drop, I might drop a single next week. One of those does concern the nature of the wave and how you may be on top of the wave, but you are not the wave. So there. And other news, other news, other news, other news, other news, news this week. Dune Wave drops on Friday. Uh, uh, Dune Wave. Dune, Dune, Dune Wave is dropping on Friday. It's going to be magnificent. This, oh shit, is, uh, oh good. This is a collaborative project with myself and world famous Internet's rock star, comic book girl 19, who has provided the vocals, especially recorded for this project. Big up her. Um, what if I drop the video a bit, right? I don't know what that'll do. Big up her. It sounds amazing. It's a magnificent project. I'm very, I'm very proud of it. I'm very excited for you all to hear it. And it's dropping on Friday, Fry Friday, for that June wave. What up, Iron Martin Music? In the Instagram, who's about... Hey, Martin. Oh, this bad motherfucker. Yo, th he says, the sheer volume of music you create is incredible. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm trying to get more efficient as I go on. And uh, yeah, thanks to everyone who helps me. Now, this guy sent me a song he dropped the other day about uh, really wanting an Akira red pill jacket, a, a, a pill jacket. I've butchered that whole thing. I can't even remember what the song's called. It's fucking fly, though. Uh, a Martin Music on Instagram. He got a really, he's got a hard song about one in an Akira pill jacket. And I can relate to that shit so hard. I spent like fucking three months one year searching the internet for an Akira pill jacket. <laughs> then I finally found a good one and it was like fucking two grand. Shoot. Anyway. Uh, are you glad we all suffer? Says, I'm not sure if anyone's asked this, but has Peterson... Jordan, that would be, I imagine, reached out to you and have you guys had any conversations? Well, the answer to this is we have been in touch on email over the past six months. Uh, you know, I, I needed to talk to him for a start because I needed to get him to authorize and approve the 12 Rules for Life album. I'm not going to put some shit out there on fucking Spotify and stuff without like asking a person who's all alive and out there and shit. Man, that would be fucked up. So, yeah. And, uh, you know, he tweeted some of my stuff before anyway. Um, we're yeah, we're in touch. He 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 digs it. He approves. He likes it. Um, I've hung out with his wife. She's really cool. And um, yeah, so that's the answer to that. Anyway, Ben Mark Pern says, "Have you considered going back to some of your older projects, like when we were young and remixing, putting together a mix?" Yo, so my feeling on that sort of thing is that I. I, you know, I live in the future, I'm from the future, I exist in the future, I'm, I'm trying to exist in the present, but I'm definitely more 
more future inclined. So I'm not really into the whole like going back to the past, but sometimes, and this was something that we discussed in a song called The Archaic Revival on the Terence McKenna album, sometimes it comes to a point of the culture where you have to go back to the past to forge the future. Sometimes that is the case. So, yeah. I don't know if that's an answer to that, but there's definitely stuff in my past that could be useful in the future. How about that? Uh, Ian Bear Makes says, okay, hard question. Mumble rap or 2000s ringtone rap? Yo! Well, that's not really that hard a question. Uh, I, I think both are wonderful. I play a lot of 2000s ringtone rap in the club. Like, a lot. A lot. It's really good in the club. And I'll tell you why it's good in the club. It's good in the club now because the sort of people who are in the club in a big way right now, the sort of people who are still in the club, who are in the club and, you know, they haven't got married and gone home yet. <laughs> like, that's their era. You know, and that was a dope era. Like, the, those records are really great. They, they have a lot of room in them. They're very clear. They're, they're, very, they're very catchy. Like, that's a beautiful era. And uh, so what's going to happen is, like, mumble rap will be the same. That'll be the same thing in the club in, like, sort of seven years or something. We speeding up a bit. But anyway, yeah, I, I love all that shit. I'm a big mumble rap guy. Like, I was fucking, I was pushing Little Pump, like, when he had, like, 5,000 followers on Twitter. Or was it SoundCloud? One of them. So there, bucko. This is the meaning, this is the captain of the meaning wave ship. I'm all about, all about that meaning life, but I'm also about that dumb life. Because sometimes you've got to go dumb. Sometimes that's what you need to do. All right. Sometimes, you know, you, you can't be concerning yourself with 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 the ultimate depth of matters because the opposite of that is what will bring you enlightenment at that moment in time. He's got clout. That's factual. Thank you, Jordan. It's true. Akira. Yo, anyway, so <laughs> Dune Wave on Friday. And one of the reasons I'm doing Dune Wave is because I believe that we have had enough as a culture of, of materialist dystopian sci-fi. I feel that that's what we've had since maybe the 50s. Like, certainly everything I saw growing up, like, whether it was Terminator or, or whatever it was, Terminator through the Matrix, it's all this, um, like, the Matrix a little less so. But either way, uh, like, Westworld, I think, is the high watermark of materialist dystopian sci-fi, Right. And, uh, you know, Westworld season two is possibly one of the worst things I've ever seen. I've never seen a show go from, from good to bad with the quickness that Westworld did. Like, Westworld season one had some moments of it that was like top-tier Golden Age TV, some really good shit. Now, it didn't hold it together for the whole season. But it had some stuff that was very good. Season two is sub-Dexter. Season two is just, my God. But what it is, it's a real uh, example of dystopian materialist science fiction and having done everything it can do. There's nothing else to say. Westworld season two isn't saying anything that wasn't said in, say, Blade Runner like 30, 40 years ago. It's like that materialist dystopian sci-fi, it's, it's unnecessary at this point because we live it. We're already there. If you're writing sci-fi, you're supposed to be imagining another world and maybe what you're doing is commenting on our current world by imagining that next world. But all this dystopian materialist sci-fi is doing is describing what already exists or has already existed for quite a while, right? We, we've been there, we've done Akira. that. So the sci-fi going forward needs to be a sci-fi that, that says something about the age we're moving into, which as I've said is a, 
is a psychedelic age. Uh, it's certainly a more esoteric age. It's certainly a more magical age. And it's certainly, an, it's also, it's not an age, it's an age, certainly it's an age of rebellion, but it's not the rebellion that culture has been feeding us for the past 40 years. This new rebellion is a rebellion against that, which means this new rebellion is a rebellion of extreme personal responsibility, of uh, wholesome values, of hard work, and uh, coupled with a psychedelic sort of uh, mass awareness slash awakening, hackneyed as terms as they may be, that, that's what the new era is, that's what the new rebellion is, and our sci-fi needs to reflect that. And Dune, or Dune, as my American friends have it, Akira. Dune is kind of like the perfect introduction to that, I believe. So that's why Dune Wave, and also I wanted to do a project with Comic Book Girl 19, who uh, I have been a fan of since like 2012, maybe. She was doing these Prometheus videos that were really dope. I was doing these videos like um, mocking the space Je Jesus Prometheus theory. Here's the thing, right? The Prometheus thing was an early... That was trying to get away from materialist dystopian sci-fi, right? And it was just poorly timed, I think, and it wasn't executed as well as it could be, but the ideas were right, those big ideas, those big cosmic sort of god ideas. We've gone through the hard-boiled materialist atheist, there is nothing, there, it's all robots and... Uh, and uh, there is no salt or whatever the fuck type shit. We're going into the next stage, and the next stage asks bigger questions. And Prometheus was trying to ask some of those bigger questions, but uh, it didn't do it as well as it could have, frankly. It was a disappointment. And I literally stayed up for like two years till five in the morning on message boards geeking out about the potential of Prometheus. Ugh. Anyway, shouts out Paul Renee Nichols in YouTube. Thank you for the super chat. Says, rage against the dystopian. Fear is the mind killer. Oh my God, I'm so excited for you to hear June Wave. It's so good. I'm so gassed for you to hear it. So yeah, Friday, Friday, Friday for that. It's hard, it's hard and it's beautiful. All right, someone also, someone asked me, I haven't got the name. There's been a, I, I was talking about Elon Musk last week. I was talking about how all these people on Twitter who just seem to be really angry at him for trying to help in some situations. Um, I, I was saying, you know, don't, make this guy despair at humanity because what we are witnessing here is a crucial point in the origin story of Elon Musk and he could easily go full-blown supervillain if you convince him that uh, humanity are a bunch of whiny bitches. <laughs> and um, most, I had a lot of people agree with me on that and I had a few people on Facebook which is where these things always happen um, and somewhere else and a couple on Twitter getting angry at me. Elon's already a supervillain. Grub, 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 grub. I noticed that the people who don't like Elon tend to, be, tend to be socialists who believe that billionaires are bad by default and anyone with money is automatically evil and the possession of money itself is evil or something like that. This is a disease of the mind and uh, you know, this is something I, I cured myself of over the past few years or whatever and I'm very, I'm very happy to have cured myself of that mind disease. But here's why I like Elon. Now, Elon isn't 100% wonderful human and I don't agree with everything he does or ever has done and it's ridiculous that we have to preface everything we say about a person with that at this juncture that's an obvious thing anyone who agrees 100% with anyone is mental and is in a cult you're in a cult if you believe 100% with a person then you're in a cult all right 
even I don't, I don't even believe 100% with me. And I'm a bad motherfucker and I'm right about everything. You are. You are. You are. You are. Uh, Elon Musk, right? Here's a couple reasons I like Elon Musk. Elon Musk forces us to think and dream bigger than we otherwise might have. Elon Musk is looking to space. Elon Musk is looking to Mars. Elon Musk is looking at ways that we can create here on Earth the, the, the better aspects of the, of the sci-fi that we grew up with. He's like, all right, why, why don't we have jetpacks? He's like, where are our flying cars? He's like, you know, why aren't we, why aren't we like hovering above the ground in like fantastic vehicles? You know, and, and he, he's actively like changed, changed shit very, very quickly. You know, he, he made electric cars a thing. After years of everyone being like, oh yeah, they existed since the 70s, but like, oh yeah, the, the, the Illuminati paid loads of money so you didn't get electric cars. Well, Elon Musk came along and said, bitch, here's an electric car, yo. And then people got electric cars, all right? Elon Musk is, is a, he's a symbol for our potential. For me, that's what I see. He's a, he's a symbol for our potential being achievable now. Because it's, so, it's often so easy to be like, oh yeah, we could have all this stuff, but maybe not in my lifetime. Maybe in another lifetime. Elon Musk symbolizes now. Let's get it now. Let's do it now. Let's go out there now and uh, go into space. So yeah, even if that's all he does and like he spends the rest of his time being a serial killer and like munching on the brains of his enemies, like, I don't give a fuck. All right. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. Jason Callahan, what do you do when you have to interact with an infected person? And when you say infected, I understand by this that you mean ideologically possessed. This is people who uh, are terrified to go outside because they think that there's a million Nazis roaming the streets. This is people who believe that uh, we're about to get nuked by, by North Korea. This is people who believe that we are all... Uh, under the control of the Kremlin, the Grand Kremlin, who control the world and all this. This is the new, the new mainstream conspiracy theorists. And uh, these people are ideologically possessed. It's a disease. It's a bit like The Walking Dead. You've got to be careful because they might infect you too if you're not, if you're not self-actualized and you're not paying attention. You know? And uh, what you do when you meet these people is uh, you be nice to them. And uh, don't engage with their straw man arguments. And uh, retain your calm. It's very easy to get wound up and angry. Uh, don't do that. Breathe. <sighs> ah. And uh, what you need to do is, is uh, an established a common ground of the fact that you both want the best for everybody and you both love your children and, and uh, stuff of that nature. And then you can move on from there. I think I might have talked about this before. But uh, one, of the, one of the things I like to do is uh, you know, remind myself constantly that it's a beautiful day to be alive. And it is indeed the peak of recorded human civilization. There's been no better time to be alive than right now. And uh, if, you, if you know that to be true and you believe that in your heart, then you can interact with the world and uh, much better. And people who, who have forgotten that, who don't notice that, who haven't even realized that, it's a lot easier to talk to them and deal with them because uh, that's a thing you can sort of discuss. And it's like, yeah, but, you know, like, there's so many wonderful things happening every day with regards to people being lifted out of poverty and literacy rates and stuff of that nature. So, you know, you can talk about that shit. Anyway. Akira. Uh, someone on Instagram said, don't make eye contact. Ding dong, you're wrong. Make eye contact. Look right into their soul. Because well, do you know what it is, right? One is like when you, when you meet infected people, then they don't necessarily know you're infected and a default thing might be to like pretend that you don't disagree with them. I don't, and I think you should not outright 
contradict everything they're saying, but you slip in a few things so they can start to question the worldview. Because if they think you're a good person like them, and then but then you believe some a few things that they associate with what they deem to be non-people, because they deem people who disagree with them to be non-people. To them, those aren't people. They're uh, it's a bit. They think that you're a walking dead zombie who's not a person anymore, and it's okay to stab you in the brain. So if you establish a bit of a base of the fact they're actually both people, and like, then that can introduce some um, some confusion, and that can be good for moving forward and making them question some of the other things that they think. Like, this is the worst time to be alive in recorded human history, and there's a thousand Nazis outside the door. So yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, shouts out to the Instagram gang. A Martin Music says that's real. Uh, Nemo Fear the Zen says, question for the pill jacket. You want just the pill or good for health, bad for education too? Yeah, right. Well, I want both. I want both jackets. I have a really good red leather biker jacket. It's Japanese. It's actually got a big A on the side. It's kind of mental. Um, it's beautiful. But I, none of these jackets have a pill on the back, and none of them say anything about education. So I want all these things. God damn it. I deserve these things. God damn it. So that's what's up. Harley Laurie says, do you put out sections of the McKenna album separately? The last song in the last five minutes is Fire. Yo, okay, so Haley Laurie, if you look at the description, the video description, there's a link right at the top to where you can download that album in separate tracks on Bandcamp. You can also download it in separate tracks on iTunes. You can also stream it in separate tracks on Spotify, iTunes, or literally anywhere that you want digital music, all right? So you can get those things. Big up you. Also, if you're a YouTube-only person, we have the Akira the Dawn second channel now, and I'm starting to upload sort of individual things there. Like you can see individual bits from these Ask Akira's broken down into separate questions. So if you're on YouTube, you can click the link off that and go there. So yes, marvelous. Armand Van Tonder says, hey man, could you answer my question, please? Well, what is your question? Armand Van Tonder, what is it? Ah, do you have any plans for breaking through to a bigger audience? Adventure Time is kind of the theme millions would identify and is being undervalued because you are underexposed. Wake up! Are you telling me to wake up? Or the world? I'm awake. So here's my plan. I do have a plan for breaking through to a bigger audience, and I have been breaking through to a bigger audience this year. This year, for example, in, in February, I had, was it three or 4,000 YouTube subscribers? I now have 20,000. Woo! Uh, I used to drop a video and it would get a couple of hundred immediate views. It now gets minimum a thousand. Woo. But of course, this is nothing compared to the vast potential. And, yo, like, you know, oh, I feel that uh, what my plan... Okay, I'll tell you my plan. My plan is to keep dropping bomb-ass stuff three times a week minimum. Three projects a week minimum of amazing quality material. I'm just going to keep doing that. And the, the, you guys will, will be well fed. The streets will be well fed. The existing audience will, will, will be well fed. I will always make shit for you. That's what you deserve and what you need. And uh, your numbers will continue to grow exponentially every week. But what's going to happen is one of these fucking things is going to pop off. Because, okay, we can keep growing exponentially, jum, 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 jum. And that way, we'll get there eventually. But one of these fucking things is going to pop off. Just one, I don't know which one. I don't know what. I don't know why or how, but one of them will. It's gonna pop the fuck off, and then this whole thing is gonna go nuclear, and you'll all be able to say you were there at the beginning, 
fucking Don family from the fucking get-go. And it's going to be a beautiful thing. All right, so that's basically my plan. But here's the thing, like, you know, you guys are hugely instrumental in this because uh, what's it? Gary Vee always says, right, you should spend four times, I believe it is, as long promoting the content as you do making it. This, for me, is impossible because it takes literally all the time I have to make the content and DJ and all this stuff that I do, right? So literally, my promotion involves releasing the thing, sort of dropping a tweet and dropping an Instagram, and, and, and that's fucking it. I can't. I don't have time to do anything else. So uh, this is now up to you. If you guys, you guys can share stuff. So you guys, if you want to go out there and post things on Reddit, post things on Discords, post things on YouTube sections, tweet things, whatever the fuck. All right. This is. I, I hand this over to you. This is. Uh, this is. Uh, this is the task. This is the responsibility that I give to you. If you want to take that, if you choose to to accept that then wicked. And uh, if you want to get directly involved in helping, I've, like uh, join the Discord and DM me. Uh, I've got some ace people helping. Shouts out to YouTube hero Alex, who's helping out by taking these Ask Akira's and chopping them up into small pieces. That's very helpful. I can then drop them on Instagram and stuff like that. Uh, so that's really cool. I've got people helping out being mods. That's dope. So Peppers helps out. He gets the questions in. That's really cool. Uh, so yeah, shouts out to all you lot. Shouts out Robert Tully. He's been helping with the Discord. So that's what's up there. AZN000 says, what impact do you think your music is going to have regarding the way we conceptualize God may evolve? Huh? That's slightly confusing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, the impact that this music is going to have is going to be huge and, uh, and possibly immeasurable within our lifetimes. That's what I think. I think what we're doing here is, is potentially... Uh, Completely world shifting. I honestly think that. Now, why I think that is kind of part of the way that uh, what's going on now with podcasts and long form talking is a revolution, as Peterson had it, a Gutenberg, Gutenberg revolution. This is something that hasn't happened since the printing press, because what's happening now is information that was hitherto previously only available in a book or a university is now available in the ears of every man, woman, and child who has a listening device. And it's also mental because it works on found time. So it's not a case of you have to be like, right, do I have time to read a book today? I've got to clear some time. No, you listen to a podcast while you walk into the train or while you're doing the washing or while you're in the gym. This is time that previously might have been spent doing nothing or doing something stupid like listening to CNN. Now you can fill your head with useful wisdom. And where I come in is that I am marrying this with music. And music is a form so powerful, so fucking powerful, the power of it has not yet been measured fully. But, uh, I mean, you see it everywhere you go and you hear it everywhere you go. And the majority of pop music with the history of pop music, and pop music, bear in mind, is a relatively new thing. It's only been around a few years, like 50. The majority of the words in this pop music have been to do with the experience of the teenager. And this gets carried on even to the 30s and the 40s of the artists producing it because they think that's what they have to do and that's all anyone wants to hear. That's part of what people want to hear. People also want to hear useful shit. So I'm marrying some useful shit with this magical pop music. And therefore, like, holy shit, the potential of this is vast. The potential of this is crazed. The potential of this is entirely, like... Yo, yo, this is some fucking intergalactic Homerian fucking god shit potential here, all right? So I'm gassed about that, and I hope you are too. <laughs>
Buckle. Yes, yes, yes. Shouts out everybody locked in. Hope on the go says killing it, Akira. Love it. Love you. Proud of you. Thank you for being here. Combo Katie says Katie says been spamming your waves all over my own Discord server in a mental health channel. It heals. Yeah. Shouts out to all the mental health people. <laughs> Shouts out to everyone with mental health and people with no mental health and people with varying degrees of mental health. What a time to be alive. This is actually a period in time where traditionally. Uh, people who had traditionally sort of um, what you might consider to be correct mental health, uh, people who don't might be an advantage in the coming times because these are some crazy coming times. This is a time for mutants. This is a time for superheroes. This is a time for heroes. This is a, this is a magnificent time that we're moving into. Shouts out to my tinnitus. Um, I can't hear properly. I have one ear. I DJ like four or five nights a week at the moment and like by the time Monday comes around my hearing is fucked and by the time Monday comes around I'm in the studio uh, mixing a new record. So I don't know how that affects how my shit sounds. Like I mixed Adventure Wave with really quite messed up hearing. It felt like there was a bubble inside my head. So I don't know what it's going to sound like when I listen to it with regular hearing but I think it's good. I mean I enjoy it. It sounds like I'm underwater right now. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Frankie Blades says, would you do Princeton Radio 103.3? Hell yeah, of course I would. Anyone wants to get me on a radio show or a podcast or anything, I'm down, I'm down. I'm trying to do as much of that shit as possible right now because I'm, I'm getting ready for Rogan. Because uh, obviously I'm going to be on Rogan and I need to be in tip-top condition. My brain needs to be sharp. I need to be enunciating my words. I need to be not doing any ums or errs. I need to be able to react fast. So I want to do everything. Silly Spoon Sweeties in the Instagram says, nice to see you. Thanks for always streaming. Oh, yo, thank you for being here. Uh, it's a beautiful time to be alive, and I'm glad you're here. Shouts out to everyone over there in the Instagram over there. This is new. I've never, ever, ever done an Instagram live stream. First time, so this is all a test. Brian Ball says, have you done any sort of tours for your music yet? I know you do it DJ in LA, but do you ever venture out of state to do shows? I haven't done a tour since I started doing Meaning Wave. The last tour I actually I haven't done a tour for ages. The last Akira the Don tour I did was, was with MC Lars in, in the UK in like 2012, around the time the Life Equation came out. Now, what I'm doing here is building this new audience, so that, uh, and the idea is that we build an audience big enough that we can tour, and that we can come to your town, and there's enough of you who want to come out, and we can have a goddamn party in every goddamn city, in every goddamn state, and every goddamn country on fucking Earth. Fuck off. That's what we're doing. All right, so uh, yeah, we're building. And if anyone, you know, has contacts or whatever and wants me to have me come out and play their town, then find a promoter and, uh, and book me. Book him and he will come. I am, of course, the greatest open format DJ alive. So, you know, that's, that's in, in, in your favor and in, in your interest. If you want the greatest open format DJ alive in your town, then that's me. And as far as doing Meaning Wave shows, I'm excited about that starting to happen. So, uh, yeah, let's get this thing building. Let's get this thing popping. Let's get this thing at the level it needs to be to make these things happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Synapsion. And this, there's, okay, I've had a bunch of questions about the carnivore diet. I've been on the carnivore diet for over five months. People are asking about this. The carnivore diet, by the way, means all I eat is meat. Just meat. Now, Synapsion says, A-K-I-R-A, are you eating just beef? Any veggies? Ding dong, ding dong, ding dong, just beef. I discovered very quickly that, like, all the power. You eat some chicken, you eat a piece of beef, the, the difference is mental. Beef has got everything you need in it, it seems. So, literally, that's all I eat. Two steaks a day, usually. If I haven't got time to get hold of a steak, I'll uh, pop the shakes shack or something and get some, get some uh, 
burger patties. In and out does this great thing called the Flying Dutchman. It's two burger patties and two slices of cheese. That's great. That works if you're a carnivore. These are carnivore products. And uh, yo, it's going amazing. I'm really, really, I've never felt this good in my life. I feel great. Um, I've lost all the weight that I had that was unnecessary. I have, I don't know if you all can see this, but I have goddamn incredible cheekbones. I, I have slavish, slav, slavish, slav, I have slav DNA. High cheekbones, slav people. Uh, but I also have a, a propensity for cheeky chubby cheeks. But uh, the cheeky chubby cheeks have, have gone and have just left behind them beautiful chiseled cheekbones of some kind of god creature. So, yeah, I'm at like some kind of, yeah. I'm, I'm not at my final form. I'm not even close to my final form, but I'm on the way to my final form. I've just started doing push-ups again. I'm back on 100 push-ups a day. So, you know, we, we're going in. We're going in. And, uh, yeah, one of the great things about being a carnivore is uh, it removes a problem. And one of those problems, this is something that I noticed when I was making the Adventure Time tape. Jake talks about this. This is a problem that couples face, right? Because you don't want things getting into your relationship that, uh, like, make things seem like they're annoying or whatever. You want things to be joyful and beautiful and fun and adventurous and, and you're a team and you're going in the into the future boldly together and all that type of thing. You know, and I'm very interested in, in keeping that, that dope and uh, I'm very interested in like staying with my wife until we die and uh, building a glorious future together. I'm not interested in even this, the slight possibility of some kind of midlife crisis, get a car and run off with a 12-year-old bullshit. I ain't about that life, right? Now, one of the things that starts happening when you're in a relationship is you start having this annoying-ass conversation like every day. And that annoying-ass conversation is, oh, what are we having for dinner? Oh, I don't know. Oh, what should we do? Oh, I don't know. And you do this, start doing that every fucking day, and it's annoying. Guess what? Carnivore diet has removed that. I don't have that conversation, because guess what I'm having every day for dinner? Steak. Every day. Steak. Every day. Yes. I'm excited about that steak. I've, no, I've five months deep. I'm not bored of steak. Every day I'm more excited about the steak, I think. Right, so that's gone, right? What are you doing for dinner? Steak, yes, removed, gone. Annoying life thing, gone, that's it, right? Um, so I think that's basically like, yeah, relationship sorted, life sorted, uh, diet sorted, feeling like a goddamn uh, fucking superhero out here. So yeah, big up everybody. Hey, shouts out to Princess Superstar is out there on the Instagram. Princess Superstar and I were uh, working on something a little while back, and um, yeah, work may well be about to recommence. Woo! Exciting shit. Can't say anything else about that project, but it's another one of these fucking revolutionary, fucking genre-redefining, futuristic, intergalactic, Fuck bad me. motherfucker projects. I only do shit like that, obviously. June Wave coming Friday. Um, Big up everyone on the YouTube. Jesper Zachrison says we need stickers. Yes, that's a good point. I've been investigating that. Uh, check the shop. There's new shit in the shop. Posters and t-shirts and stuff. Not stickers yet, but we're getting there. Armin Van Tonder says Jesus Christ is comedy gold. Thank you. I'm here to entertain, obviously. Lo-Fi Hokage says the Don family will go interstellar. Lo-Fi Hokage is one of my favorite producers in the world. He's a bad motherfucker. I used one of his beats on the Adventure Wave mix at that brilliant point at which Jake points out that sucking at something is the first step towards being kind of good at something. So thank you, Lo-Fi Hocus, for that. 
Harley Laurie says, try some cayenne pepper on those T-bones. Yeah, I just started cracking pepper on that last week. And uh, some kind of salt that my homie Too Tall Nick told me to use. It's dope. Uh, Carl Wiggum says, smoked paprika. You're welcome. Is it paprika or paprika? That's what I want to know. Ike is left. Dune Wave coming along. Dune Wave is done. Dune Wave is in the system. Dune Wave is up in distribution. Dune Wave will be hitting all streaming platforms on Friday. Marta Blythe says, depending if I'm on my phone or computer, the colors of the hats in your store look different. I want a bright pink one, but if I'm on my phone, it looks dark pink. What color will I get if I order one? It's bright pink. I've got, I've got one. If you look at last week's Ask Akira, there's a bright pink hat on the chair next to me. If you look at my Instagram, I'm wearing one. It's bright pink. There's a light pink one and a bright pink one. Get the bright pink one. I would say it's banging. Man, I'm on a fucking million and nine today. Edward Riggins says, what is going on? Do you think that conversations like this, open dialogue, long-form tube cast, are fueling a cultural shift? Or is the cultural aesthetic shift changing the dialogue we engage in? Yo, well, you know, did the chicken first have sex with the egg? I do not know. <laughs> These things are happening simultaneously, but what's happening in is like a feedback loop. This new technology which en enables us to have these long-form conversations enables us to have these long form conversations. So we have them. And then people hear them. And then they have them in real life. And then they start podcasts. And they have more of them. And so and so and so. And it increases and it ramps up. And it's close. fucking amazing. Oh, shit. And boldly we march into the future at hyperspeed. And boldly, phase shift. Pium, we evolve just like that within our own lifetimes. Within our lifetimes, we go from caterpillar to fucking butterfly. Pium, pium, pium. So that's exciting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Haiku King says, do you make your own merch or outsource it? Yo, I have a company that makes it for me. I design it. And I have a company that makes it and delivers it. Yes. Shouts out to them. Shouts out to everyone who's buying merch. It's a beautiful thing. It's very helpful to me and my family. And very helpful to me being able to be more hyper-productive and make more music and do less things like advert music and stuff like that. So the more you spend in the shop, the more waves you get. How about that? Facts. Pium, pium, pium. Will you? Says, bro, how long have you been at it? Well, if by at it you mean being a bad motherfucker, I would say I've been being a bad motherfucker since I was born. But possibly since before that, I'm not entirely sure what my consciousness was doing before it got sucked into my mama. Might have been doing some bad motherfucker shit. I've been making music full time since 2004. I've been making um, Meaning Wave since uh, September 2017. But I did start making Meaning Wave kind of when I was at school, studying for my GCSEs before I left school. I left school when I was 16, 15, 16, 16, 16. Yes, it was 16. But I did, I did uh, rehearse for my exams by recording essays over ambient music, and that's possibly how Meaning Wave began. So there you go. That's, that's your answer to that question. Thank you for being here. Thank you for answering questions. Yo, Luke Bostwick says Himalayan mountain salt. That sounds cool. You know, salt is, I'm really a big fan of salt. I always have been. My mum used to be, too much salt, you'll kill yourself. I was like, nah, man, this shit feels good. Uh, the medical data is obviously ruled in my favor. Same with fat. I used to just like, you know, fat. Fat, meat, salt. That's all I was ever into. And, uh, and I've been proven right on this once again. So I guess you should just all listen to me because I know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Armin Van Tonder says, hey, man, all your metaphysical ideas interest me. But what would your best argument be for why all of this actually exists? What do you mean by all of this? 
Do you mean this coffee cup? This microphone? This chiseled cheekbone? And, uh, you know, what the, I would say this is a big, big question. We could spend an hour talking about this. But if I was going to answer very quickly, I would say that this exists because existence wishes to experience existence. And consciousness is the everything wishing to experience consciousness. And that's what we're doing. Yeah! So there. Sir Peppers. Vaporwave, Future Funk, Lo-Fi, how are they similar? How do they differ? And what's influenced these genres slash style? Well, there's guys on YouTube who will tell you this in two-hour-long documentaries that are wonderful, and I enjoy some of them. Some of them are annoying. But what they have in common is they're sample-based musical forms. That's the core of them. That's like the foundation is they draw. They're sample-based. Vaporwave will take something, a piece of music and sort of slow it down to bring out the inherent pathos in it. It'll take, say, a, a highly commercial, shiny piece of music and it'll drag it out so that you can feel the, the sadness or, or, or the largeness within it. Future Funk will take um, some old disco and it'll fucking turbo it and it'll ramp it up and it'll bring up the peak qualities of that music and the party qualities and the energy qualities. And it'll take an existing disco song and it'll just kind of like take two sections of it and stretch them out to really crank up the intensity of those sections. And uh, lo-fi is basically just what hip-hop in its original formation and it will take uh, a piece of music and it will... Uh, it will take a small piece of music and make a long piece of music it will, uh, it will, and eke out the feelings within that. And uh, that's sort of what those things have, have in common. They're, they're sample-based. And sample-based music is, is an incredible thing. And it's, uh, I'm very glad it's having such a massive re-emergence because it was getting killed off in the 2000s because uh, sample copyright rules meant that people couldn't release this stuff without paying huge, huge amounts of money and getting permission that took like years to get. And uh, the internet and the democratization of uh, distribution of music means that people can sample stuff and release it with impunity on these uncertain platforms if they're not trying to monetize it or get it in a movie or whatever. That's led to a resurg massive resurgence in creativity, which is uh, very exciting. And someone else was asking something about this. Sir Peppers, again, my friend, said uh, another YouTuber recently made a video arguing that lo-fi is lazy tasteless and lowest common denominator type of music which steals steals the style that Jay Diller and Nujibi Nujibi Nujibars created you being someone who is deep within the lo-fi wave genre are there any valid critiques of this music or just a rant on subjective taste P.S. the video may have been satire but didn't come off that way well the best satire is, is indistingu indistinguishable from real life I would say um, but Akira uh, is lo-fi lazy tasteless lowest common denominator music which steals from Jay Diller and steals the style Jay Diller and Nujibis created ding dong you're wrong and you're also stupid yes yeah, Nujibis and Jadilla arguably stole their style from Pete Rock and Pete Rock arguably stole his style from the, everyone who came before Pete Rock right 
And uh, all those people arguably stole their style from those dudes who stole all that equipment from those uh, music shops in New York when there was that power cut in the late 70s which led to the creation of hip-hop. Yo, 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 hip-hop, the whole point of it is to take something and make something new with it. That's what it's all about. Take something there, make something new. Tell your story, prove you exist, show some worth, create something from nothing. It's great, it's amazing. Lowest common denominator, that's good. We've talked about this before, high culture versus low culture. This is a snobbish idea that, uh, that people have. They're angry that like hundreds of thousands of people are in their bedrooms making music when previously only a thousand people could make it in a studio because those people had the money. Ding dong, it's over for you. Yes, it's a beautiful thing that everyone can make art. And uh, yes, lots of it will suck. And yes, lots of it will be amazing. Guess what? All that stuff that was being made in studios for loads of money, most of that sucked. This is the best time to be alive in recorded human history. And part of that means that your elitist ideas about low culture are done and over because low culture people can, ex can enjoy, can appreciate, and create low culture and high culture. High culture people cannot. They can only do high. They're screwed. They, they scorn low culture. They, they mock it and they laugh at it. They talk about stupid things like, um, what's that thing that really, really annoys me, that phrase? A guilty pleasure. That was it. The, the concept of a guilty pleasure. Oh, what's your guilty pleasure? Like what? Some, you should be guilty for listening to some kind of music because it's not high art enough. You fucking knob. How disgusting you are. How ashamed your ancestors must be of you. There is no guilty pleasure, there is just pleasure. If, you, if you're guilty about some pleasure, then you've got some fucking issues with your own self-confidence, you need to sort them out. Uh, I'm here for you if you have any questions with regards to that, I will help you out, but uh, yeah, fuck that shit. Buckle. Oh my God. Akira. Hey, what about Akira? Akira. He's got clout. Good point, well made. Yeah, 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 Armand Van Sander says, you know you've basically invented your own philosophy, right? You know you've basically invented your own philosophy, right? He wrote that twice. I wonder what that makes. I wonder what that means. Well, yeah, we all do that, right? That's what you do. Because you all explore the world and you experience everything through your own Byzantine conduit through which everything comes to you, right? And if you're not just wholesale taking someone else's ideas and, and just saying, okay, that's me, i.e. if you're not ideologically possessed then you will somehow create your own philosophy because you'll have to because you need an operating system within, with which to navigate the world because, you know, it's fucking hardcore out there and, uh, and there's a lot of navigating to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shouts out to everyone in the Instagram. Danbrock87 says, that's amazing. I agree. I agree with you. I think you're smart and correct, and I think your ancestors are probably very, very proud of you. They're probably out there in the great beyond looking down, being like, look at that bad motherfucker, Dan Brock. I'm glad I fought and died and killed and, and uh, all those things so that he could be here now at the end of my lineage, right here at the peak of recorded human civilization 2018. What a time to be alive. <laughs> John Actis says, how about some Avatar mixes with quotes from Avatar? Guardians of Guahul, etc. What's Avatar? Wasn't that a movie from 9,000 years ago that they've been making sequels for that have never come out? Josh. Joshin. But um, it's, should I rewatch Avatar? From my memory of seeing it, it was like, it was Dances with Wolves, but blue, and like there was a big tree, and, and people had hair that plugged into a tree. I don't remember if it was that good. Maybe it was. I do remember people flying on things, and I like people flying on things. Like, 
I have these dreams in which I fly, but I don't fly like Superman fly. I sort of jump. I sort of bounce really far. And then I sort of bounce in slow motion. And um, when I started playing Lego Marvel Super Heroes 2 with Hercules, I got really excited because the way that the big characters in that jump across the city is the way I do it in my dreams. But in my dreams, I do it a little bit slower. This makes me think that perhaps this was something that we actually used to do. Maybe like the gravity was different in a previous incarnation of this species and we actually used to travel in that fashion. And maybe it's something we're going to be doing in the future. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. City Spoon Sweetie says, Avatar, The Last Airbender Cartoons and Legend of Korra, not the Blue Alien movie, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Oh, okay, cool. I haven't seen that shit. Is that some shit I should be watching with Hercules? He's five. He's very smart and um, very, very beautiful. Should we be watching that together? Let me know. Theo Johnson says, Akira the Gravidon. Yes, yes, yes. Gravidon. Sounds like a name for a project. Chief Chef, Chief 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 Chef Ken everywhere says Joseph Campbell wave? Question mark. Yes, obviously. Christ. 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 Says if you're unfamiliar with him or his book, The Hero with a Thousand Faces, prepare to be rocked, my friend. He's also a big influence on our friend JP. Yo, yeah, well, that's because he was influenced heavily by uh, Young, Young, Jung, Jung Young, uh, the whole archetypical concept and idea that, of course, everybody knows about because everybody knows Star Wars. And everyone knows this is why the new Star Wars films are terrible, because they ignored the foundation of the archetypical hero's journey. At no point in the hero's journey does the hero suck the titty of a space cow. It's not archetypical at all. So that's why your films failed. There's lots of, lots of theorizing as to why this is. Oh, they failed because of toxic fandom. Oh, it's because of inserting SJW do things into the thing and, 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 and having that robot, whatever the fuck. Oi, no. It's easy. You, you fucked up the whole fundamental thing of it, which is the archetype, the hero's journey. It's that fucking simple, motherfucker. So what you need to do is retcon these last three films, reboot, start again, and just do the, do the hero's journey. And I don't give a fuck if you gender swap everyone and race swap everyone. Just stick to that fucking hero's journey and you'll have a hit, bitch. It's simple. Gang, 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 woo, gang, woo. Gang, yes. Anyway, uh, Matt Armitage says, Hey, Akira, how come Spotify is making your Goldshon 3 instrumentals as explicit? Yo, this explicit instrumentals. Imagine, imagine an explicit instrumental. Well, they are explicit because they're so goddamn good. And, you know, you've got to be careful. <laughs> no, the reason for this, I was talking about this with Comic Book Girl 19. Part of being hyper-productive and releasing three projects a week, as I am, means every one of them has a mistake in it. Literally every one of them. Everything I've released since I started going fucking buckwild crazy and dropping, over, dropping three times a week has had a mistake in it. Now, you go, most of you don't notice, only I notice, there's a mistake in Adventure Wave. I didn't notice it until it had been live for like half an hour. What's she gonna do? I could have deleted it, gone back, da 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 da. But we've got to keep moving. Got to keep moving out there. Anyway, you know the mistakes are a part of the joy. Uh, like, um, I don't have hair growing on my philtrum. I guess this is a genetic mistake, but it makes my mustache look very, 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 very cool. So that's a good mistake, and I'm happy about it. Akira. And uh, the mistake with Goldtron being labeled explicit is because what I've noticed in my back end of where my distribution system. If you say it auto defaults to being non-explicit on the tracks, but if you say that the genre is hip-hop, then it auto defaults to making them explicit. I noticed this yesterday, so that's what happened.
because the primary genre was hip-hop, it assumed that it had swearing, even though it was an instrumental. Yeah. Armand Van Tonda says, Dude, are you releasing perfected versions for your original songs once you go viral? I can't think of anything of a higher quality, can you? I don't fully understand the question. Do you, do you mean that you can't imagine them being any higher quality than they already are? Or do you mean that you can't imagine anything being higher quality than doing that? Akira. You know, here's one thing. There's some of my older songs which I don't like anymore. And the only reason I don't like them is because the guy who's singing them, I just disagree with on so many things. Because like 20, early 20s me just fucking didn't have a clue about the world. I mean, he intuited a lot of stuff. He knew a lot of stuff intuitively. So he's right about a lot of things, but he was ding dong wrong about some other things. So, you know, I, can't, I don't really fuck with him that hard. He's, you know, he, had, he was going in the right direction, but he had a long way to go. And uh, <laughs> some of those songs I would kind of like to redo from the perspective of, of current wise me. But I also know that current wise me will be deemed an idiot by, by me in 10 years or five years. So I don't know if that's just like a losing game. But, uh, you know, I, did, I have done three versions of Living in the Future. So maybe I should do another one of those at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on the Instagram? Shouts out everybody. King of the Wasteland says, haven't watched any of the Star Wars movies after Force Awakens. You know, me neither. Why would you do that to yourself? Life is short. I know for a fact I'm going to regret The Walking Dead. I'm going to regret every episode of The Walking Dead I ever watched on my deathbed. I'm going to be lying there being like, damn, I could have been doing anything other than watching The Walking Dead with those fucking 50 fucking hours or whatever it was. Jesus Christ. Similar for Westworld Season 2. What an absolute absolute pile of garbage and a waste of time that was. I could have been doing literally anything else and it would have been more useful. I could have been staring at walls. At least then it would have been some kind of meditation. I might have discovered something about myself that I didn't know already. God damn it. So yeah, I feel the same way about bad movies. I ain't got time for that shit. King of the Wasteland says, Hypocrite is still a great song. Yo, thank you, brother. I think you're probably right about that one. And you know, the sentiment of Hypocrite was uh, that you know, I, I say and do think these things, but then I do some other things. And you know, we all do that still. I still do that a lot less. Walk it like I talk it. I'm trying to do that a lot more these days, but I still fall short in some areas. And it's a constant daily battle of trying to be better and trying to be a better version of me today than I was yesterday. And basically, that's all you can do, man. You keep doing that every day, one foot, up, foot in front of the other. Turn around in six months, you won't recognize that motherfucker from six months ago. You'll be like, what the fuck was up with that guy? What was he doing? Jesus Christ. Shouts out to Akaratos. Says hello from the Netherlands. Hello to the Netherlands. Lyaruna says Westworld season two. Was that bad? Yes. Yes, it was. Possibly worse. Possibly way worse. You know, possibly. possibly. God, I could go on about that all day, but I'm trying to put positivity into the world out here. So there. Mike Beaumont has an excellent question. I'm assuming it's excellent because I haven't read it yet, but I just scanned one word in it. It was a good word. Akira, if you were a T-Rex and we're happy, but couldn't clap your hands to show it, would you be angry enough to straight up eat Dr. Alan Grant and Associates? Well, that wasn't a question. That was a weird statement, and I don't know how to respond to that. But if I was a T-Rex and I was very happy and I only had tiny little hands and I couldn't clap them together, I would hop up and down and, and bang my tail into the ground and create one of those uh, like Earth tsunamis that superheroes always create when they punch the ground. I've always wanted to make one of those, and that's what I would do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Carl Wiggum says it'd be cool to sample the dudes from back in the 80s during the PMRC trials. Zappa and Twisted Sister and John Denver, all those guys. I'm very interested in that period of time. There's a really good book about Laurel Canyon, and I can't remember what it's called, but it's about how the whole hippie thing was kind of a psyop, and uh, they started testing it in uh, Laurel Canyon in the 60s. And how loads of people went mad and all these characters like Kenneth Anger and stuff who were hanging out in Frank Zappa's house and, and the Mamas and the Poppers and, and, and the weird creepy stuff that was going on. And, uh, and how lots of it was kind of trials by the military and sort of acid trials and stuff, which it was. Did you know that uh, Jim Morrison's father uh, was a, an army, really high up army motherfucker? I can't remember the exact correct terminology. <laughs> but he led... The uh, he was the captain or whatever of the mission that started the that that started the uh, the Vietnam War with the Gulf of Tonkin incident. That was Jim Morrison's dad, and uh, a couple of years later, Jim Morrison was in was in um, Laurel Canyon kicking off the hippie thing. How amazing! How amazing! Uh, Instagram, what's cracking? Bone caller. If you want to sink your teeth into an unconventional hero's journey about a hero that incorporates his shadow and fights against a villain that has good intentions. Yeah, what? What if I do want to? Did you say something previously and I can't see it anymore? Oh, you got me now. Of course I want to. I totally want to sink my teeth into an unconventional hero's journey about a hero that incorporates his shadow and fights against a villain that has good intentions. That's like my favorite shit. Oh my god. What up, Primal Movers? Says Don's on Fire, Collective Consciousness Wave Rider. Pew, pew, pew. That's right, you bad motherfucker. Shouts out to Primal uh-huh. Movers. He's a bad motherfucker. He's out there moving in a primal fashion. Check his Instagram. It's hardcore. He's out there moving like a bad motherfucker. So shouts out to him and all my bad motherfucker people out there. Shouts out to Hoff the Grid. He's a bad motherfucker. I work with him. He, he's, uh, he runs one of the bars at. No Vacancy, where I DJ on Saturdays. He's a great dude. His Instagram is great, Hoff the Grid. He's, he's, a, he's one of these guys that, like, in the previous era, he'd have been, like, a, a sort of hippie guy who'd have been railing against the system. He's in the new age railing against the system, but the system he's railing against happens to be that one, kind of. It's like, he's about that responsibility wave. He's about that fucking taking pride in your shit wave. He's about fucking family. He's about being a bad motherfucker, looking after himself, looking after his body, looking after... He's about, like, his woman. He's about, like, uh, you know, staying true to that woman and uh, making their relationship as dope as it can be. Yeah! Anyway, he says, Do you think any of the mega millionaires that play for any of our 10 professional sports teams in Los Angeles will help with our city's homelessness epidemic? Yo! Could you imagine if there were a Jersey Day with a portion of proceeds for team Jersey sales going to permanent housing for those without a home? The City of Angels isn't deserving of its name, in my opinion, but it can be. See, he's out there caring. Yeah, Los Angeles has got a fucking crazy homelessness thing. It's got a met, like, it's crazy, and it's multiple things that are the cause of that. One is that, like, I think they kicked everyone out of all the mental health. They shut down all the, the mental health facilities, like, 15 years ago or something. So those guys are all out wandering the streets. And the weather is really good, so you can wander the streets, you know? Um, I was in Miami like 10 years ago and I was meeting people out there, homeless people who were telling me that Rudy Giuliani had given them like a hundred bucks and a bus ticket to like get out of New York and go to Miami and, and, uh, Los Angeles, which is pretty crazy. But yeah, there's like, there's so many homeless people in Los Angeles and it's increasing. And I don't know if the solution is to just like give them houses though. Like, cause like what would inevitably happen would be the people 
whose lives hadn't been put together, who were the, the people who were on lots of drink and drugs and stuff, would fuck up those houses. And then he would just have a load of fucked up houses. So I don't think that's the solution. Now, what was that thing that happened in The Wire? And they were like, all right, guys, you just fucking have this area and you can sell your drugs over here and do your shit here and all that sort of thing. And like, did they start self-regulating? Did that place become nice or not? I don't know. Do you know what? I, know, I don't know what the solution is. I haven't thought long and hard enough about it, but I will tell you this. There will be a solution out there, and all it takes is for some smart motherfuckers to put their heads together and, okay, we're going to fucking sort this thing out. And I think you could sort it out in a fucking week if people decided to. So, yes, all these mega millionaires and, and motherfuckers are out here virtue signaling about the president or whatever the fuck, right? How's about a bunch of you guys, like, put your heads together and say, how are we going to sort out this massive issue we have in Los Angeles? It's a massive, massive issue. It's unavoidable. You step out onto the street, you walk down Hollywood Boulevard, anywhere you walk, there's people in fucking tents and shit, like everywhere, right? This is one of the like wealthiest places on earth. This is like one of the pinnacles of, of human civilization. And we've got this shit going on. It's fucked up, dude. Let's fix this shit. Let's, how can we sort it out? What can we do? Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've got one minute left how about that Hollowet says yo I love your jams mate thank you very much Stephen Burnott says Admiral in the Navy okay is that what it was yes Noob says advice for dyeing hair blonde yeah don't leave it in too long and don't use uh, toilet bleach one time I was like you know, I was fucking 16 or something I was living on my own I was like Hair bleach is expensive, but look at this other bleach. This toilet bleach is very cheap. Bleach is bleach, right? So I bought some toilet bleach. I poured it on my hair. My hair went green and started falling out in the shopping center. Like, it was fucked up. Don't do that. Do not do that. That would be silly. And uh, so there. On that bombshell, I think it is time for me to depart. <laughs> the Instagram feed just shut itself off. I guess it shuts itself off after an hour. That's good to know. And, uh, yo, thank you all for being here. It was lovely hanging out with you. It's always lovely hanging out with you. If anyone asked any questions, they didn't get answered. Submit them again for next week. You can leave them on the comments of this video when that goes live later this afternoon. Or you can leave them in the Discord in the Ask Akira section. The, uh, the link for that is in the bio. So there. Um, look out for June Wave on Friday. It's going to be fucking awesome. I'm very excited about it. I'm very happy about it. Um, I can't wait for you all to hear it. Thanks everyone who helped out with this. Thank you for being here. And I'll be with you again soon. Sweet dreams. And be excellent. To one